0: It's, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. Whenever we think about uh, a, a church coming together and, and having a six-week seminar, if you, if, if you may, on, on love, uh, we love everything, really, don't we? Don't we? Yeah, we love ice cream, we love vacations, we love the Phillies. Well, I don't know about the Phillies, but we, we love those, those, ki- those kinds of, we, we love everything. And we toss that particular term around like crazy. I love this, I love that. Oh, it was so wonderful. Didn't you just love it? Yes, we did, okay? But uh, let's think about this. In the context of who we are, who are we? We are, uh, you, you tell me, who are we? We are what? We are what? Yes, go ahead, ma'am. We are what? We are boys and girls, absolutely. That's important, especially when we talk about love and marriage. That's important, okay? So we're so we're boys and girls. What are who are we? What are we? Think about this. What? We're loving life, okay? That's good. Someone else.
1: We're families.
0: We're family. I heard that over there. Who was that you, ma'am, again? No, is that, that somebody that
1: was, you're allowed, the, to, you're allowed the, to. the other mic person oh hi how are you so good to see you we're I family. think this would be
0: great yes we're we're, we're 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 family okay how else are we connected who are we you he didn't hear me we're brothers why are we brothers and sisters because we're in Christ yeah absolutely that's a a, a wonderful thought here's another thought we're part of a community right Right? Okay? We're part of a community. We belong to each other. There's a responsibility. I, I, I so appreciate Bonnie being willing to come and free up some people from going back and taking care of the kids. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And uh, feel free to, to push and encourage her, her business uh, uh, along the way. That will be a blessing to her. I, I, I'm really, really excited as Pastor Tim rolled out what we're doing in the community um, Coming up with Together 14 and the, the new expansion that's going on with other brothers and sisters in Christ and other townships, and other, you know, wow, this thing can get big, and boy, what can we accomplish for the Lord? That's an exciting thing, and I love it. So, I want you very quickly around your tables, we toss that term around, but I want us to think about this in a serious way. What is Love. What is love? You all have something that has popped into your brain. Now share it with your tables, discuss it, and we'll get back with you. I want you to be willing to share with the rest of the crowd, okay? So loosen up, relax. Nobody's pointing fingers at anybody except for us to. We can do that, okay? So what is love? Tell me what love is. My boys gave me some suggestions to put some music on here, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, But uh, (laughs) we're not going to do that. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, So what is love? Let's discuss that very, very quickly. What in the world is love? How can you put that thing into words? And go. (laughs) Okay, so what's love? Help us. Help us here. What in the world is what is love? We're here at the university, we're studying what is love. Somebody somebody give us some insight. I can tell you what Pastor Tim said, but I'm not gonna share that right now. Okay. What is love? Oh, Joel, thank you. Love is putting someone else first. I like that. That's good. Somebody else, what is love? Love is sacrificing. Yes, it's sacrificial. What is love? Someone else. Another table. Patience. I don't like that one. Yes, somebody else? Caring. Love is patience. Love is caring. Love is sacrificial. Uh, front table over here. What is love? Consideration. Consideration. Oh, I like that. Wise sages here at this table. What? What is love? Putting other people's needs first. Nice thought. Back here. What is love? Caring unconditionally. Ooh, I like that. We're getting better. We're getting better. Hey, front table right here. What is love? Love is emotional. Ooh, do you think so? Yes, it is. <laughs> love is emotional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's think about let's think about this. Okay, um, the day and age that we live in, it's 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 pretty amazing. Some uh, a lot of people, for, for whatever reason, are are absolutely afraid to love, afraid to step into love. I would say uh, that love is a verb. It's not passive. Love is is active, it's a verb, it's moving. It's all these things that you said, okay, and more. It's a decision. It is something that we decide to do intentionally, biblical love at least. We could go into the definitions of of biblical love, three kinds of love that are described in the Bible. I'm not gonna do that. You can investigate that on your own. You probably already know it and don't need me to tell it to you, okay? But it's good stuff about what real love is is and what i'm talking about the kind of love that sets it up for a relationship and a relationship for a lifetime so no matter where you are on the spectrum of hey i'm think i'm trying to figure out will someone even want to date me or you've been married for 72 years and everywhere in between love is a verb love is a decision and it's all those little pieces that you have been talking about. I love it because of the kind of society that, that, that we live in. We become very, very jaded, but we're not the only jaded society. You know, it's kind of been around for a while. And uh, I want to read a, a quote from you. And as I begin, you may, some of you who read a lot may figure out who, uh, who said this. This is from the book Four Loves, if you know that. Um, what is love? There is no safe investment, and pardon me if I'm reading this to you, but I think it's important. There is no safe investment. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung out and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, then you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. And we've given ours to an animal. Good night. (laughs) Poor little thing. Separate thing. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Now, this is serious. Wrap it around with little little hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. Boy, this sounds strong. But in that casket, Lewis writes, safe, dark, motionless, airless, your heart will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable impenetrable, irredeemable, the alternative alternative to tragedy or at least to the risk of tragedy is damnation, the only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers and uh, that big word, perturbations, okay, can't read, of love is hell. Think about that for a second. Strong words from C.S. Lewis about the possibilities of either giving our heart away and being vulnerable in love or being selfish with our love. Challenging to us. So if we're here to learn about love, I want to throw out something else. <laughs> when you've when 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 we're we're thinking about love and, 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 and its definition, what I hope for you over the next five weeks is that you walk away here not searching for a key, not searching for an answer, not even searching for the right person, because if you search for the right person you 'll never find it, and that's the good news if you keep searching for the right person you 're never going to find the right person and Angela's going to share a little bit about the right person.
1: I went to a youth camp like many of you probably uh when I was a teenager, and you know we had these boys sessions and girl sessions and we were all excited to be in the girl sessions because we were going to find out you know the the mysteries of life and uh and it was going to involve boys of course and um the first words out of of this this lady's mouth were uh, just kind of threw me she said um, girls uh don't don't spend your time trying to find the right person and uh, and of course we were all like I mean this is all about finding Mr. Right like we're at a Christian camp here and we're probably going to meet him this week hello uh, so um, so you know it definitely perked our interest but what she said was um, what you really need to be looking for is how to become the right person um, because if you become the right person then you'll be in the right place you'll be in the right. Uh, frame of mind, um, you will you will learn how to to love well, and um, and and Mister Wright will recognize you, and uh, so it, it all of a sudden, of course, then puts all that responsibility back on myself, you know, because I really thought, and I think a lot of us do, because. You know we've been taught so much in our society about you know you have to learn to love yourself and you have to you know if you can't be true to yourself then you you know you'll you'll not be good for anybody else and and here she's saying kind of something like that okay spend these years you know becoming who God wants you to be and then when the time is right who God wants you to be you'll be prepared to meet. Meet this person, um, so this responsibility became very real to my life, you know. And then i then I started thinking I need I need to pray for this person too, because in my mind up into that point, um, I didn't think in terms of baggage. But we all bring baggage into our into our relationships. We all have shaping influences. We all have experiences that really that really do define and and make us who we are, and. My expectations for marriage really became, okay, um, I need to find the perfect person for my baggage. Because he's just going to accept, he, he's just going to, you know, I, I know I've got this in my life and I've got this in my life, but, but this perfect guy, that's not going to matter. He's just not going to mind that, you know, I talk incessantly, you know, or, or that, you know, those kinds of things. These are all, you know, things that we, we really feel like, you know, that perfect person is going to, to fill all the holes and be able to overlook all of our flaws and we're going to live happily ever after. And so, in that moment, when she said, "Become the right person, don't look for the right person," um, that was that was a a challenge. And then when we got married, um, because everybody in here, a lot of you have found the right person. Um, Once you make those vows, that's God's will for your life at that point. Um, You you still then need to remind yourself to keep becoming the right person. So that responsibility stays on you. Um, she will never meet all your expectations. And he will never meet all of yours. And if we have a solid foundation in, in, in this word and, uh, and in the things that he teaches us to become the person that we're supposed to be, um, then it's an amazing thing. The closer that we grow to the Lord, uh, the closer we do grow to each other. And uh, so that was my my uh, wake up moment.
0: And for those of you that have been married for 15 years or more, uh, you could probably truly resonate with uh, Bonhoeffer's statement here. It's not your, your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on the marriage that sustains your love. Loves a choice, loves a a decision, and I would dare say that anyone that has been married 15 years or longer has had reason, has had opportunity, has had conflict come up in your marriage, and you could have chosen to walk away. You could have chosen to give up on it anybody that spends that much time together it's inevitable that you will have conflicts you will have knock down drag out disagreements why because we're broken people living in a broken world and why did god tell get, tell us that what's the number one commandment to love god how much completely with everything and we're to love our neighbor the second is just like that to love our neighbor how as we love ourselves. We don't have a problem loving ourselves, do we? Let's be honest here. We don't have a problem loving ourselves. That's not an issue with us. We're naturally inclined to seek our own way. So I challenge you. Let's think long and hard about what love is. Let's think long and hard about the, uh, the, the steps that we take intentionally. And I want us to look very quickly at God's design What he intended for marriage. So, God's design. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, there's a red one near you, up the stairs and down, (laughs) down the hall. If you would like one, most of most people have a little smartphone or they're actually, I, I, I failed to, to get this. There are some uh, right around the corner on the shelf in there if, if you'd like one. But if you have a Bible, I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 18. And I want to read this passage of scripture. I think it's important that we do this. Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 18. The Lord God said, what did he say? It is not good for the man... Uh, to be alone i will make a helper suitable for him now the lord god had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field all the birds of the air and he brought them to the man to see what he had named them and whatever the man called each living creature that was his name so the man gave names to all the livestock the birds of the air the beasts of the field but for adam no what no suitable helper was what was found you know, hey, standing there and he's looking. You know, okay, that that's a horse. It doesn't look like me. It doesn't fit. Uh, that's a hippopotamus, weird-looking thing. I don't have anything in common with, with that. There's a dog. There's a rat. There's a you know. You, you, you get the idea. No suitable. Nothing that would match him and fit him. So the man gave names to uh, 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 the man gave names to the livestock, the birds of the air, all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused a man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, the rib, the rib, the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, "At last, my love." No, I'm going to sing for you. He sees this thing that God created, and it fits. It is. Oh, my word, it is drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, he's been looking at monkeys and tigers and bears, and this thing comes to him, and he is like, Oh, but this is it at last. She is here. This is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She's going to be called woman. She was taken out of man for this reason, okay? The famous, famous, famous passage. For this reason, okay? What's the reason? This is an it, God's design is that God, I'm... Insti- I'm I am instituting and starting in the perfect surroundings of the garden. I'm instituting marriage. I want you to think about this just for a second. Do you realize, okay, here's, here's the first things that we hear that man is doing apart from name, naming animals. Okay, this is the first thing. He's in, God is instituting a marriage. First thing. The Bible opens with a wedding. Do you know the Bible closes with a big wedding? And the story in between leads from a a wedding between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, and culminates with a much bigger scope. That's why Paul can write in Ephesians chapter 5, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. This institution that we call marriage is something so mind-blowing, we can't wrap our minds around it. And the whole thing, the the big story, okay, God's eternal book. Got the kids thing running in my head right now for blast. But this book culminates, the apex is with a wedding ceremony and we get to be a part of it. Oh, it's amazing. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. They will become one flesh. We like that. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So, what's God's design? God is instituting it. The purpose? What did he start off and said? It's not good that man should be alone. So the purpose, number 1 purpose is for companionship. He looked around and said, "Hey, there's no one suitable for me." Pastor Tim this morning referred so eloquently to about reproducing and having kids. It's the other another purpose. But the foundation was a commitment. This is for this cause, a man will leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. I have been told, I'm not very mechanical and some of you know this, but I've been told that once you take a piece of metal and weld it to another piece, they become one. And you can't break the weld. Is that true? You can break the... You can break the, you know, if, if it's, if okay, if it's a bad mixture or a bad weld or anything, but come on, help me out here, okay? You can't break the weld if it's done right. You'll break the metal around the weld. Am I right? Thank you. I feel much better now. I feel mechanical. I feel manly. That's the picture, guys. Ladies, that's the picture. You have been welded together forever. And when marriages break, it's not the weld that breaks. That's a covenant relationship that stands the test of time in front of God. When it breaks, it's the metal breaking. There's something that's going on with either my selfishness or your selfishness, and something happens there, and it, and it, and it really, really breaks down. Just a quick thought here, okay? Was a design that God had intended for husbands. The design was le- leaving to become the, le- the leader and cleaving to become the lover. Okay? What was designed for wives? Clearly laid out. She was a, what? A suitable helper. A helper in a supportive role. To take your Bibles quickly, turn to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. I always have to include Ephesians. If you didn't know it, it's a wonderful book. Absolutely amazing, Ephesians chapter five. The context begins with verse uh fifteen, okay? Uh, yeah, verse fifteen. Be careful how you live, okay? Not as unwise but as wise. Let's jump down to verse eighteen. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. instead, be what? Be filled with the spirit, be controlled by the spirit, okay. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As a result, what are we supposed to do? Submit. To who? Each other, okay? (laughs) Submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Why? How do we do this? What does it look like? Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is a savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also should should wives submit to their husbands in everything, most of the time. That's not what it says. In everything. Husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why? To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish holy and blameless in this same way husbands ought to love their wives as what? as we love our own bodies hey guys we don't have a problem being selfish do we? we love our own bodies we love our own way let's be honest I'm chief right here that's me and you do. okay it's us In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Why? Because it's amazing when it works right. It's amazing. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it, cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, oh, here's an echo from Eden. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and his church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So God's design here is is that marriage reflects the saving love of God for us in Jesus Christ. That's the mystery. The mystery, I'm talking about Christ and the church. What do you mean here? Okay, how does that work? It's very cool. We'll get into that later. So what's the design for husbands? Husbands are supposed to be the spiritual leader in the home. They're also also supposed to be a nurturing lover, a spiritual leader and a nurturing lover. That is pictured in Genesis chapter 2, clearly laid out in Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, wives, designed for wives are to be a spiritual supporter and a respectful Example. We could also draw on uh, passages from Peter as he he brings teaching on, on the family as well. So I want you to think about this. What if God designed marriage to make us more holy than to make us happy? What if God designed marriage to make us more holy than to make us happy? At the very beginning, God laid out his design and said, for this reason, for this reason, it's not good for man to be alone. A man will leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. They will, they will become one flesh. That act of making love, of coming together and becoming one flesh is a beautiful picture of how much God loves us and, and, and what he intends us to experience in his love for us. And what if our marriage is designed to help us put on a different lens and see that God is trying to make us more and more holy, more and more like him, and he's using the instrument, the institution of marriage because I want to tell you, this lady here, she's my best friend. She's my toughest critic. And she, for 23 years, has been knocking away at me. Taking sandpaper and rubbing off rough spots. Taking polish and gently buffing. This buffing. <laughs> buffing. The, <laughs> gently buffing and loving and been patient with me, helping me to become more like Christ. It's God's design. It's unspeakable. It's a mystery. But that's God's design. That's a solid foundation. By the way, I don't think I've to- told you anything you really didn't know. You've been taught this your whole life if you've been in church. If you haven't been in church, this is clearly God's design for what marriage is supposed to be like. What is love? Love is action. Love is not passive. Love takes us and moves us. It 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 cares for it puts the needs of others in front of us. It's sacrificial. It's all of these things that you were saying and it's God designed to take us and make us oh make us more like him. This is a profound mystery. It's exciting. I love talking about it. I'm going to hush. Reflection. I want you for just a couple of minutes around your tables. Think about this. What if God designed marriage to make us more holy than to make us happy? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think? Chew on that for a couple of minutes, and then I'm going to give you a break. Okay? Go. Okay. Very quickly. Somebody share any thoughts any thoughts you'd like to share any pushback any confirmation or agreement or hey i wonder about this yes absolutely fantastic good thoughts. somebody else All right, thank you. Uh, let's stand, stretch, and uh, guys, stand, stretch. Guys, I want you to repeat after me, okay? Guys, I want you to look at somebody at your table, another, another man at your table, okay? And let's stretch. Guys, let's stretch for a second, okay? And repeat after me. I'm glad. I don't look like you. Okay. We have some uh We have some food here. All right, we'll be back in about 10 minutes, okay? Very quickly, let's get through the line in 10 minutes, have a seat at your your table and we'll get underway in about 10. All right. We have we have some visitors that are on their way up here to, uh, to see us, but before they get here, while they're, while they're getting into place, I would like for you to stand up and uh, check under your seat. Uh, we've got a little prize for someone. Ch- check under your seat. You'll probably have to stand and actually look under your seat. No, that's not it. <laughs> There there should be a little sticker under somebody's seat. I can't remember where. Derek Mast, come here. Very quickly. Congratulations. Take that that fine young lady there out somewhere go enjoy uh, some some time together. No, that, sorry, doesn't doesn't do it at all. Okay, uh, take take your lady out to eat and enjoy. Okay.
2: Did you have a good nap?
3: Oh, yes, I did.
2: Sounded like it.
3: Mm-hmm. Was I snoring again? A little bit. <laughs> what are you looking at?
2: Oh, our, just our wedding album. Would you like to look at it with me?
3: Sure. Are you going to move over here or am I moving over there? <laughs>
2: Let's both move Okie dokie <laughs> we I thought we were both moving
3: I'm visualizing
2: <laughs> I think you may have watched Too much of those
3: Olympics Okay Let's do this <clears throat>
2: I think I need a nap now. <sighs> oh, <laughs> we look so young.
3: We were, and pale too.
2: <laughs> They're black and white pictures, Edgar. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, that explains why those are black roses in your bouquet. Didn't think my memory was that bad.
2: (laughs) We had no idea what we were getting into.
3: No, there were quite a few surprises.
2: I never knew that you didn't like my mom's meatloaf.
3: I never wanted to hurt her feelings.
2: (laughs) I never liked it either. I only made it because I thought you were so fond of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never knew that you liked your socks all butt
3: up too. uh, They got all stretched out and claustrophobic.
2: They are socks. They don't have feelings.
3: I am Edgar. I speak for the socks.
2: <gasps> do, you, do you remember how upset I would get every time you put the toilet paper on the roll the wrong way?
3: <laughs> now I'd get all bent out of shape when you uh, leave your shoes all over the floor.
2: Oh, man. <sighs> there were some rough times, too
3: financial troubles,
2: my accident
3: and ending up with four daughters. Edgar! <laughs> well, I'm just kidding, Evelyn. Those girls are a blessing. Well, I sure thought our family would be do some boys. Boys. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs>
2: we must be getting old. <laughs>
3: That's what happened
2: I forget what I was saying <laughs> Speaking of You know what I did love?
3: What did you love?
2: I loved that you were always willing to put on an apron And help me in the kitchen oh. Especially when the girls were little
3: huh. Oh, That was one sure way to make sure there was no more meatloaf <laughs> hmm.
2: Oh my goodness Look at this picture Twelve?
3: Those? You had to stand so far back in that picture. (laughs) Twelve? (laughs) Wait. Yeah, he's. That photographer, he had to stand so far back to fit us all in. I had 11 little sisters.
2: Twelve? Yeah. And all of them, all of them wanted to be bridesmaids.
3: (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) There'd be more people up front than on the pews.
2: Twelve children and only one son.
3: Cheaper by the dozen, my dad always said. Of course, that was before he had to pay for all those weddings.
2: I bet he was sad to see you go.
3: Yeah. I guess he was. Your dad was probably glad to get rid of you.
2: What makes you say that?
3: The man had five daughters. He was rejoicing every time someone offered to take one of them away. See, look at that smile.
2: Your dad is smiling, too
3: That is his fake smile
2: Oh, this one That's right before I walked down the aisle I was so ready for the service to begin
3: I couldn't wait for it to be over
2: Were you really that nervous?
3: No, I was hungry
2: Oh, and the reception Wasn't it that amazing?
3: Yeah, our sisters sure could cook and look, no meatloaf. Oh,
2: Edgar.
4: (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Good to see you guys. Hey, thanks for making it to love you. For those who don't know, I'm Tim Rogers, um, one of the pastors here with with Joel, and I hope it's been a good night for you so far. Um, We've got a few minutes left, and in that, I'd like to um, spend some time looking with you, kind of inviting you into our living room, if you will. Those who have been through premarital counseling with Jen and I, of of those, how many of you are represented here tonight? How many have been through that deal? Okay, so, yeah, one, two, three, four, yeah, good, good, they're all sitting over there. We survived. All right. So you guys are good. Good to go. Um, And so you have a little bit of a heads up on where we're going next. You have a little bit of background. Um, One of the things we like to do when we first bring a couple to the table in our place is get them into um, a passage of Scripture that we've already been to and and try to try to push into that a little bit and kind of make us a little uncomfortable. And kind of like I did this morning in, in, in church, try to set up an ideal for what God has for us, particularly as men and women. And so this, this evening, I don't care if you're married or not, if you're single, if you never think you'll get married, or if you're dating somebody. Um, again, like we talked about earlier, uh, what we're going to see in this passage um, is, is profound for us as, as women and men, kind of almost regardless of what we do with, with the things that we see, but it certainly is applicable if you're in a relationship or planning to be in a relationship at some point. It's a really profound, incredible passage um, that tries to get after the question of what's my role? You know, what, What's my role? What do I do? And, and who am I? And what part do I play in, in the context of relationship? And so this passage that you've already been to, we want to take you back and go and look at it again with a little bit more focus now, a little bit more intentionality. And that is this simple passage of Ephesians 5 chapters, or chapters, chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. So I invite you to do this. If you have your Bible, um, grab it. If you don't have a Bible, grab your iPhone. Uh, If you have an Android device, we're sorry about that for you. um, We hope that gets better through this process. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm not really kidding, but I kind of have to say I'm kidding. Okay. So um, yeah, check out Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. And here's what I'd like you to do. Um, I'd like you to spend about uh, two, three minutes right now um, around, around your table and, and give me, in, in a minute I'm going to ask you for them, but I'd like to hear your observations on verses 21 to 24. Okay, 21 to 24. So just that focus right now and really what I'm asking from you is simply what do you see? Okay, what do you see? And let's talk about that in just about two, three minutes, okay? Got it? All right, go. You got two minutes, two, three minutes, and then we'll, we'll bring it back together, right? All right, how'd it go? The conversation, that's good? Give me a couple of observations. No right or wrong answers. Well, there might be wrong answers, but now we're not going to worry about that right now. All right, give me your give me your observations. What are some big picture things at your table that you saw? All right, what do we got? Hold on, we got Kathy Gaiman back here. You got it, Kathy. Okay, the, the first verse sums up the whole passage. How many of your Bibles broke that passage down at verse 22 instead of verse 21? How many of you had a section break that began at verse 22? Okay, so most of you did. Okay, it's interesting. Uh, for what it's worth to you, in the, those who have been through premarital know this already, but um, in, the, in the Greek, there's actually no verb in verse 22. So look at verse 22. It says, Wives, to your husbands as to the Lord. So if you were just to translate that one about, about as literally as you could, you'd have to ask the questions, wives, what, to your husbands. And, and uh, that verb, submit, is, is drawn from the most um, current or the most recent context. So it flies back. It takes the reader back to verse 21. So in other words, verse 22 doesn't happen without verse 21. And this is why that's so important. It's kind of like this little staging thing here that we're sitting on. Um, As you think about a relationship beginning, uh, no matter where you're at in this process, um, and we're going to talk about submit and what that means, but whatever that means, right, um, the relationship, any relationship opens up and needs to be set on the stage of mutual submission to one another. Okay, That's really important. Verse 21 is the driver behind... The entire concept of how in Ephesians five, how husbands and wives are to relate to one another—that whatever it means for the woman to submit, it also means that there's this mutual submission. So we talk about it this way: we say if the stage is kind of, if the curtain is opening up on your relationship, and let's say you're about to get married, or or you are married, and the, the 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 stage the the curtain is opening up, and there you are, the new couple walking down the aisle. Then ah, you know, today's the day that you're walking to you're, your. You're, um, Curtain is opening on the stage of mutual submission. So whatever your role is, is being acted out together in mutual submission. So an incredibly key um, lens, if you will, to put on for this entire passage is verse twenty-one. Okay. All right. What else did you see? Other observations? Okay. Hold on. Your wife's correcting you. (laughs) She's being your helper. That's exactly right. All right. So, yeah, the husband's the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body. Is that what you're saying, Dale? That's what I was trying to say. You said it well, man. Said it well. Very good. All right, good. That's exactly, that's exactly what the text says. The husband's the head of the wife, is Christ is the head of the church's body, which he's a Savior. Good. And that, that's, yeah, we're going to keep talking more about the husband in a minute. Good. What else have you seen in that passage? How did verse 24 hit you? Do you like verse 24? Feel good about that? Ladies, feel good about that? No questions there? (laughs) Moving on, huh? Keep it moving. Let's talk about that for a minute, okay? Let's talk about that. Um, Give me your thoughts on verse 24. Check it out. It's pretty serious here, okay? Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands most of the time. Okay, so... <laughs> it really works well. If he were to do that, that. you should try that, James.
2: Every day. Yeah,
4: every day. <laughs> that I'm would be great. I'm not saying I have a hard time doing that, but I feel
1: like I don't do that because I don't know if I like, there's a lot of instances where, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. It's in my head, I'm trying to figure out what does that really mean?
3: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. James is practicing on down. Vernon said uh, he went on down. I know we
4: weren't Seriously, Vernon? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> he was looking at twenty five as
3: well, and
4: I think unbelievable. You, know, that- <laughs> you let a guy out of the house, and this is what happens.
5: Without mom here.
4: Without his wife here. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> But no, your, your point is fair. I, I don't know what point you're making, but I think you were going <laughs> to talk about the, the implications of what husbands do in kind account of the balance that James might be trying to bring.
5: I don't know how far you want to get into it, but um, I think some of the way that we look at it is there can't be, in some situations, there can't be two leaders. Like, it's not a competition of, like, is he going to win or am I going to win? And... You know, some of it depends on personality, but there has to be a functional way that this works out. You know, it's not like, okay, well, I'm not going to make any decisions because whatever Tim says goes, and so I'll just make sure we have dinner. Like, that That's not going to work. <laughs> um, but there there's a, you know, a way that you, you work out your role, and um, for him to be able to lead well, to lead our family well, I feel like I need to have the freedom to be able to tell you here's what I think here's my opinion, here's how I'm looking at this, you know, you you have the dialogue, but knowing that if push comes to shove and he really strongly feels opposite of me, we're going to go with his way because that's his responsibility, that's his role I don't even know if I can tell you an example of when it's really come down to that it, it seems like it's so yeah. infrequent yeah. That, it, you know, that the trump card is played or whatever.
4: But, but it's nice to have the trump card, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you're exactly right. A couple quick responses, Corey, um, biblically speaking and kind of practically. Um, w- one is, okay, mutual submission for everybody. And yet, okay, yet um, there's this thing about wives should submit. And so Paul uses that word still to talk about the role for the wife. So that has to mean something. Um, so, the question is, what does it mean? And it doesn't mean, so again, this is not just about wives now, but women. So, you're not married yet, you're thinking about being married, maybe someday, whatever. Um, women in general now, we're talking about those who are kind of anticipating a relationship. Um, submission is not the inferiority thing, okay? It doesn't mean a disrespect. Like, you're just not, just not quite as smart, okay? And that's not what Paul is saying here at all. The word is used also to describe Jesus' relationship to the Father. That's an important thing for you to know. In 1 Corinthians, um, Paul uses the word again, and he uses it in comparison to say this is how Christ submitted to God the Father. So in our theological worldview, we'll say that the Trinity, inside of the Trinitarian relationship, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, are equal in, in, in essence and in personhood. So there's not an inferiority within that. So. When Paul says the, the women submit, it's the same word um, used in that sense. So the, the spirit of it is not a matter of, wow, yeah, okay, Eve sinned first, so she's a little weaker, right? Okay, so, man, we better put this, put this in charge, you know, put men in charge of this thing because, you know, we know what happens if women are in charge. That's not the spirit of it at all. Um, so what I like to talk about it as is the idea as um, seeing this as an indispensable partner seeing this as an indispensable partner so for me in other words go back to a decision we need to make about whatever okay um, you know, making a major purchase uh, moving taking a new job having children um, how to get through some arguments that that other people have but we never have arguments okay um, t- right,
6: mm-hmm. right okay so.
4: we help Joel and Angela in their arguments but um, <laughs> trying to get through those things. Um, together, I need, I need the wisdom that Jen brings to the table. Right? I mean, So in that sense, she's that indispensable partner to help me see things that I can't see without her. It's just this reality. And so that submission to one another is part of this process. Uh, later on in the, the last part of this, verse 33, um, Paul is writing again. Uh, he finishes and he says, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must Respect her husband. And he kind of fleshes it out a little bit more that there's this spirit of, and Corey, this is kind of going back to your question there's a spirit of the submission, is this matter of respecting and honoring, just like Christ does God the Father. Just when Jesus said, you know, he's going to the cross and he's saying, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not mine will, but yours be done. This willingness to follow uh, the leader, okay? a knowing that you're not inferior, this willingness to submit in that sense of saying that someone has to be in charge in the relationship. Um, and so that's a matter of function of role, but not of, um, class or ability, but it's just a matter of, um, responsibility, if you will, within the relationship. And so this idea of respecting an indispensable partner being together in the journey together. So what does it look like? I don't know if that gives you any, any more perspective, um, on on that is that good? Am I doing all do right? You did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much for for supporting me in that process. So, here's here's the thing. But here's what I want to say, especially it's so important for for ladies. Um, here's the really hard part. There's just really two words that are really really hard in verse 24, and it's not the submit to. Those are hard, okay. But the words that are even harder are the two words that say at the end of verse 24 in. Everything, everything. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're thinking about a relationship, there's no out clause in that one, is there? Like, there's just not an out clause. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that you can be abusive, and if you're a man, you can be an idiot, and you can hurt, and you know all that. There's limits for that, but the 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 spirit of this is not just when my husband is worthy of my respect. Because most of the time, you can find a reason that he's not in everything. That, that's just hard. There's just no clause. So, men are feeling pretty good. Yeah. We need to come back to this love you stuff a little bit more often. And then we keep going in the next verses. And this is where then it begins to become more challenging for us. right? So, look at your next verses. And look at verses 25 through 28. Look at verses 25 to 29, let's say. Um, And read over those quick. I'm just going to give you about one minute on this one. Do a quick scan on that, and then I'm going to ask you this question. What are the two ways that the husband is to love the wife? Okay, so look for the two ways or the two models or examples of that. Okay, so we've got one minute. Go through that and look for those. All right, go. All right, we got it? All right, what are the two ways? How are the, How's the husband to love the wife? Number one, it's Christ of the church. Okay, not a real big deal on that one, right? Just a matter of being willing to walk into a city knowing that you'd be tortured to death and die on a Roman cross. I mean, otherwise, it's a pretty low standard. Right? Okay, good. Let me have that one covered. What's the second way? What was that? Okay, love his own body. Absolutely. Okay, so these are pretty big deals. Think about this for a minute. In other words, the husband primary uh, verb used to describe the husband's relationship to the wife. Or if, Again, if you're a guy and you're thinking about getting married someday and you know you want to be the right kind of guy. Um, <laughs> the, the word, the verb for you is not like be tough enough. It's not be manly enough. It's not like risk a lot. It's not be courageous even, although those are all good things and I'm for, all that good stuff. But the big word... Is love, right? I mean, the, the big describing word about our role as men is to love. It, it seems counterintuitive. Like, give that one to the ladies. Give us, like, something a little more manly. But no, okay, love, love your wife as Christ, as Christ loved the church. Okay, so I'm willing to go to the cross. I'm willing to take my will. Now, here's where this submit to one another comes in place. I'm willing to take my will and say, I don't want to do this right now, but I'm going to. If it's possible, let this cup of taking the trash out for the third night in a row pass from me. But if not, not my will be done, okay, but yours. That's the kid's job. That's the kid's job now. That's why we have children. That's exactly right.
5: That's
4: exactly right. Dishwasher Dishwasher unloading and everything. That's exactly right. So love is Christ loves the church. In other words, being willing being willing to go to death, which at some level seems so abstract it's hard to hold because, you yeah, know, well, I guess I'd be willing to take a bullet for my wife, or I guess I'd be willing if, you know, the car's coming, I'll push her out of the way and get run over, okay, but it's probably not going to happen. So the other... <laughs> well, let me be clear what's not happening on that one, alright. All right. I'll leave that one up to your imagination, alright. So he says, first of all, be willing, be willing to go to death for your wife. But then if that's not enough to kind of grab our attention, he, he also says, then be willing to live for your wife. In other words, like you love your own body. You wake up in the morning, man, you're hungry. You need to shave. You may not feel that, but you need to shave. You need to smell better than you do. We do, we do all this stuff just intuitively because we love our own bodies. And Paul is like, hey, if it's not enough for you to see as a man, regardless of your husband or whatever yet, let me say it. Let me put it this way. Love your wife. Just as naturally as you take care of yourself. And you feel and you hear like I do. No, no, no. You don't need to do that. Like last night, I'm telling you, here's last night. Luke was here last night and he had... Good. Don't tell him this, all right? Can we agree on that? All right. He'll be embarrassed, so we're good with that. Um, he had too much chocolate fondue last night.
5: Thanks, Mo. Yep. It was good.
4: Appreciate that one. So he gets sick last night from eating way too much chocolate, so he's up in the night using the bathroom, getting the fondue out of his system, and we'll kind of leave it at leave that. But, and so I'm laying in bed, and I'm thinking, man, I've got to do all kinds of important things tomorrow, okay? And, and I'm telling you, here's where, here's where it hits. You know, I'm thinking, It's my line. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, uh, Claire has a copyright on a phrase that I use sometimes. <laughs> So I'm laying there in bed, and it's you know three in the morning, and I'm foggy as it is. But there's something that in me, in me, that's like I need my sleep. And here comes Luke. Uh, thankfully, Jen sleeps on the side of the bed where the door is. We did that intentionally to keep robbers away, as well as to, uh, to handle the kids. Um, but I watch the window. Just in case the dog were to get out, I would be in good shape. Wow. So I'm laying there and here's the, the battle in my mind and to be honest it didn't really last very long because the battle is do I get up and help Luke because I kind of vaguely hear him but Jen's going to get up already with him and I've got really important things to do tomorrow morning so by the time I get up she's already going sure to and then she rolls out of bed and so in that moment right? in that moment to be honest if we were to just to be honest about that okay, I, I fail in love right there right? because I say I love my own body like I love my sleep and Paul is like, hey, love your wife like you love your own body in everything. In, in everything. So I don't know. We t- I tell this to the, to the couples who sit around our table. Like, you struggle with submitting the word. If you're a woman, you might struggle with that word. Okay, that's fair. But let me ask you this. Would you struggle with that word if you could submit to a man who loved you like that? I mean, what woman in the world would not want to be with a man who's like, you know what? I would die for you and I'm going to live for you. Everything about you is what I'm for. I'm for you 100%. Now, I don't know of a woman on the planet who'd be like, eh, yeah, it's going to be hard to respect that. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, and, and I don't know what man would say, it's just hard to love. It's, it's hard to... She respects me too much, all right? I mean, it just... I've had enough of the respect thing and the honoring. I mean, she's helping me out in every turn. It's just hard to love that kind of a woman. Right? And this is what Paul says to us, men and women. Submit to one another, respect one another, love one another as men with that courage, with that boldness, with the middle of the night rolling out and saying this is going to be my thing, I'm going to do this. So what's our role? Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. This is a great mystery. Paul will write and Joel covered that earlier. It's a great mystery. He says, I'm speaking about Christ in the church. And here's the even more difficult part of this. That how we relate to one another has impact horizontally okay In other words, you guys let's say might see our relationship or other our friends might see that, not that you're not our friends but okay others might see that and, and our kids will see that and that'll be impacted that way. but our relationship and any marriage relationship, Paul says and, and Joel pointed out earlier is a reflection of how Christ loved the church. And so this marriage, if you're thinking about entering into a marriage you, you're thinking about basically putting a model, kind of building a little model and putting in front of the world and saying you want to see, how Jesus loves you. You can come to church if you want to, but first of all, look at our marriage. Look at our marriage, and this is how Christ loves the church. This is how Christ loves you. Look at our marriage, and you're going to see the, the flow, the rhythm of forgiveness, grace, sin, failure, redemption, all wrapped up in our marriage. So check it out if you want to see how Christ loves you. This is what marriage is about. What's my role? To love well, to lead well, to lead with courage and great humility through the failures. For the wife to submit, to respect, to honor. Not just for us, but for the bigger purpose. This is about the salvation of the people around us. Seeing the goodness of our Savior. Okay? What's our role? Love, serve, respect, and honor. All right. With that, we're a little over time. But Jen, do you have anything you want to add? I'm good. You're good. And should we take the offering and have a closing song with the worship team? <laughs> no. All right. Any questions, comments quick, good, all right um, <laughs> no yeah i didn 't give you any time at all, but that 's fine it 's time to be done here tonight, but good stuff, guys, thank you for your interaction with that um, i 'm going to let Joel carry us into where we 're going next week, but um
0: that was good all right on, Thank you guys on the back of your <clears throat> on the back of your handout, you have some homework uh, that we 'd really encourage you to do because um, This week, we talked about marriage, God's design. Next week, we're talking about shaping influences, then finances, then communication, conflicts, resolution. Don't miss week five. And uh, number six, goals and vision. We want to talk about that. But um, one of the things, we're talking about shaping influences next week. So part of your homework is to, is to get on board and, and do some things. Please go to the website, the uh, uh, DispersonalityTesting.com. Please take that that profile the disk profile it's free and you can get you can print out the results Uh, please please do that we're going to be covering uh, some of those things and then we're going to be talking about family backgrounds all the shaping influences uh, that will uh, that enter into our 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 communications as well as one more assignment particularly for men I need the man that has the birthday that's closest to today Who's man what man has the birthday that's closest to today? What's today's date? March what? March 9. Okay, who had a birthday in the in the last 2 weeks? Raise your hand. Ben. Okay. How many days from today? March 2nd. February. Oh, right here. This is for you, okay? That is uh um, Uh, 32 ways to bless your wife Uh, let's go home let's go home (laughs) let's go home (laughs) go Glenda I just, I just want you to, to, to this week, particularly men, I'm, I'm really challenging you to do this, but women as well. Please do this. Communicate your love for someone, okay, in a real, tangible way using words. What are words? They're, they're affirmation or compliments or encouragement. Please do that. That's your assignment. Go have a wonderful uh, evening. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next week. Oh, excuse me. Oh, don't forget to pick your children up as well, okay? It's a good thing. <laughs> We do have a couple of brownies left, too, if you want to do that. I appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you.